This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. So far in there. Morning, church. No pressure now. Um, but yeah, church. Ooh, my notes are going everywhere. I'll tell you what, let me organise this. Give me a second. Go there for a sec. I'll pick it back up in a second. Huh? Well, yeah, kids can uh, go to church now. Kids' church, that's awesome. Let's give them a clap as they go, actually. And thank you to all the teachers as well for all the awesome thing that they're doing and putting into the life of these young kids. It's cool. So, church is the best place you could have come this morning. Um, church, and um, you all wide awake. You all wide awake. Everyone had their morning coffee. But um, I'm sure if you weren't wide awake, I'm sure that energetic church news just woke you up anyway with Dan and uh, thing. Church news always awesome. But anyway, I'm going to jump straight in and I've got actually yeah, I'll tell you what, scripture will come up on the board now. So um, I'm going to start off and I'm going to go jump straight into John chapter 5 and I'm going to read from verses 1 to 6. So if you've got your Bibles, jump in, whether they're glowy, whether they're paper. If not, it's on the screen at the back here anyway. So sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been there, an invalid, for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Finish there for now. So um, anyway, as you know now, as Philip said, I'm actually off to university in five days, and this, this is my last Sunday. And I'm sure you all miss... I'm sure you all miss me more. He's just trying to act like this and act cool in front of everyone. When I know he'd be crying when I'm gone anyway. But anyway, I thought I'd start off and share a little bit of my fun process of getting into um, university. Anyone who's been to university will know it's a really fun process. And if you haven't, then um, maybe um, I'll be able to show you how fun it is now. So um, anyway, um, it all started probably end of year 11, I'd say. And for those, what form is that? Anyone, is that form five? For you more mature generations. Um, <laughs> mature generations, what? <laughs> so anyway, so it started about like year 11 when I started thinking about university and whereabouts to go, and you actually, you applied to five universities, so I'd been round, gone to see loads of different universities, made my decision which five to go, that I wanted to apply to, I won't tell you them all, because it take too long, and you probably don't care anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so it came to then, so I needed to start applying, started applying, uh, applying, I wrote my personal statement, anybody know what a personal statement is? It's like this cool little CV thing. No, it's not really that cool anyway. But um, anyway, it's this like, little CV thing. You have these maximum amount of words you've got to say. And then in it, you've got to try and sell yourself as best you can to the university like you. And then hopefully, if they like you, they'll give you an offer. So anyway, and everyone always, their personal statement always has these cool little sentences that started. Like these really, like, when I was a kid and I was sitting on the swing and I thought to myself of... I don't know, economics, and I thought I'd apply to it. But actually, mine was, I had a really cool start to mine. Do you know this? It'll grip you now, you watch, and you'll all be emailing me saying, can I have your personal statement? I want to read the rest of it. My first sentence was, we live in an imperfect world. Ooh. So yeah, that was my, yeah, that is pretty deep. But um, yeah, it's true, though. <laughs> but anyway, so um, I applied to all my universities and actually got offers from all five, which is really good. 
But um, I didn't actually want to go to any of them except for one. So I then declined all the other ones and just accepted Leeds, as much as my dad hated that. Dad wasn't happy. Dad told me he was a bit stupid for doing that. And then told me, well, what happens, Luke, if you don't get your grades? What are you going to do then? But um, thankfully, I am going to university. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, and I can actually tell Dad, see, I got in in the end. <laughs> because I'm sure if I didn't get in, I wouldn't have viewed the end of it from him anyway. <laughs> But um, so anyway, then the exam time started and I had to get my grades because you actually have to, they give you conditions to get in. So I um, started revising, everything was going good. And then about two weeks before my exam started, I'd realised that one of my subjects, I hadn't finished majority of the course. And this kind of threw a bit of a, well, curveball for me. And kind of, I, with it all, I was really annoyed because I'd felt that Leeds was like the place for me. I was like, how on earth am I meant to get these grades now if I haven't even finished? like a big chunk of my course. So we spent that two weeks just concentrating on that subject, which threw everything else out. Anyway, sat my exams, and they didn't exactly go as great as I wanted them to. Didn't think I was going to get my predicted grades. I literally needed a miracle. But anyway, I enjoyed my summer. I had a great summer, and then results morning came. Woke up, looked at my phone, because I was about to load up UCAS. You do this, you apply online now. For, so on your phone or on your internet, you use that to apply. And anyway, so I was about to load up my phone and see whether I'd been accepted at university. And I'd had about 20 texts as well from people saying, oh, how did it go? Did you get into university? Do you know what? I love it. Don't you love it when people text you and you've done well and you're like, yeah, I did well. When you've done bad and people text you, you're like, oh, just go away. Like. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, I loaded it up and I'd actually been rejected. So that threw a big kind of, I don't know how many people knew that, but anyway, I was rejected. And then, so I kind of, I was quite calm through it all. And then I drove to my school, got my results paper, seen what results I'd got, and I was straight on the phone to university. And literally, I begged them for my place. I was like, this is the place I wanted to go, kind of just on the phone to them. And then they said they'd call me back. And that was the most horrible wait ever for the wait for the call back. And we were driving back in the car then, and I got a phone call. First of all, I got a phone call. Oh, no, it was the second one was the offer to the other thing. I'll tell you, I'll get to that now. But anyway, the first phone call came up, and the course that I wanted to get on, they said, yeah, we'll give you an offer. And I was, like, really happy. That was awesome. Whee. Whee. And then um, mum, st mum started crying. She realised how much she was going to miss me. She did, she did actually start crying, but she said they were tears of joy. Um, tears of joy. Not, not that I was leaving, but that, like, I got into the course. But anyway, and then about 10 minutes later as well, I got a call again. I'd had another offer from the same university for a different course. And for those of you that know me a little bit, or actually um, listened to my last message, I actually started my sermon. What did I start it with? Someone tell me. What did I start my last sermon with? Chinese. Chinese. I'd actually had an offer to study Chinese. <laughs> so that would have been quite funny. I could have come back and preached my whole message in Chinese, but I didn't take that course anyway. So I just wanted to start with that and kind of, my message this morning is all about breakthrough and I feel for that last year for me especially that little challenge and that little curveball thrown in the middle it really just challenged me and just to put my trust in God and just through it all just kind of just just go God you've got this I don't know what's going on here or why on earth you would do this when I feel so called you but everything came out in the end I think when you look back you realize actually no God was faithful through it all but um I felt as I've been praying for ABC for the last couple of months, I've just felt this thing where I've found myself praying for breakthrough. Don't know why, I've just been praying for breakthrough. So I saw it this morning. Then 
I may as well speak on breakthrough. So anyway, I want to start off and I want to jump into another scripture and I want to look at Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 12, but I'm going to read the message version so it won't come up on the board, so you're just going to have to listen in really well, which I'm sure you all are anyway. So Proverbs 3, starting at verse 5, says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your body will glow with health. It's awesome. I think that's like not physical glowing, but just glow with health. (laughs) But anyway, your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. But don't, dear friend, resent, resent God's discipline. Don't sulk under his loving correction. It's the child he loves loves that God corrects. A father's delight is behind all of this. So that scripture there is just all about trust. And I actually read this and then after I kind of gone through my thing and thought, that's just so good. And I wish maybe some of the stuff that I feel scripture's trying to tell you there is wish I'd put some of that in practice and might have made it a little bit easier. But I just want to grab out just four quick points out of that scripture. And the first one is don't do it on your own. That scripture, like the classic, is lean not on your own understanding. And I think just that is just as simple as this, this message is going to be like really simple and kind of going back to basics, which is just you're, stand, you're praying and you're reading your words. And it sounds so simple. I know it can be so difficult sometimes as well. But just the difference when you spend time in his word and just praying. Next bit is run from evil. Do you know one thing I like about kind of Christianity is that this whole idea of relationship it's all about having a relationship and it's the same if I had a relationship with someone and I was there was this thing that was like pulling us apart I'm not then going to keep on going to that am I I'm going to run away from it and that's exactly the same thing you need to run from evil because that's going to affect your relationship with Jesus next you put him first such a simple thing and I think we sang this morning just Jesus only you and every week we just sing stuff like that and I think Sometimes I find myself sometimes singing it and then I go to myself, I've just sung that and I don't think I realise the weight that that holds. Mm -hmm. And it's just so important to put him first. And lastly is know you are loved. I love this that Philip said there earlier. He said, love, he's not like 60% today or he's 50% today, he's 40%, but he's just 100% and the rest. Just you couldn't be loved anymore. And I think when you know how loved you are by God, you just and you know he has your best intentions, it's just so easy to trust him. So, this morning, I have named my message, Move for a Move. It's a bit of unique. But what I, what I just want to challenge you is that if you're waiting for your breakthrough and you want God to move, then you move first. So I think if you move and put yourself in the position, then you'll see God move. So I want to jump back into the scripture and jump onto verse 2 from John 5, if we can get that up on the screen. (coughs) So in this verse, he says, Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. And I just want to end there. Um, When I was reading this, I always read some bits, and I'm like, why would he give you all this backdrop? What's the point in that? And I think kind of it sets up just so many different things. You can r- just see what else he's trying to say to you. And I'm going to take it out of a little bit. Well, I'm not going to take it out of context. I'm just going to kind of read into something. But I'm going to do it anyway. I just want to look at that fav- five, cov- fav- five covered colonnades bit. Does anybody actually know what a colonnade is? Nobody knows what a colonnade There we are. It's like a pillar. 
So anyway, when I read this, I thought, I'll do like everybody else would do. And I walked over to my bookshelf, grabbed out my dictionary. Yeah. Imagine this is my dictionary. Flick through. I'm like, where's the C's? There we are. C-O-C-O-L. No, I didn't do that. I actually just jumped straight on Google. Google yeah. colonnade <laughs> meaning and um, gave me a nice definition. And the definition is actually... Um, and it turned out a colonnade is a column that is used to support a structure. So it's like this big pillar, concrete pillar is how I imagine it. And in this is a covered colonnade. So I imagine these big pillars with, with this roof over it. And then if you look at the next bit, we won't jump onto the verse, but it says that um, disabled people would lie here. The person who'd actually been there had been there for 38 years. So I think considering the temperature in Jerusalem, when I wrote this, I actually Googled it. It was a lovely 29 degrees C. And I, was, and I was sitting at home, it was probably about 12 degrees C, raining outside, I was like, do with some sun right now. And imagine, I was thinking this, imagine the tan Jesus had. Jesus must have had a sick tan. And I just want to be more like Jesus, so that's why I try to have a tan. But um, anyway, I reckon they probably got fed up with that heat all the time and probably weren't tanning, but they were probably using this covered colony to shelter under. And under there, they could shelter from the sun, it's a bit cooler, and they could actually hide from the sun. I'm going to read into that and go hide from the sun. And that's going to be my next point, is are you actually hiding? And when I say hiding, I don't mean like full out, just hiding from God, but it can actually be as simple as just withholding areas of your life. So are you actually withholding areas of your life from God? And even from, the, we're awesome at hiding, even from the start we read scripture with Adam and Eve. And scripture says, after they'd eaten the fruit, um, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the cool of the day. I love that, like, cool of the day. It's, like, really cool. Anyway, he's walking in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord's God among the trees of the garden. So even from the start, we see just we are great at hiding from God. And I think sometimes, do you know what's funny? As I see this, and I read this, hide from God. How can you actually hide from God? Because he knows everything anyway. But we can. We can just withhold areas of our life. And maybe it can be like Adam and Eve, that you don't think you're good enough. You're caught up in shame, or you feel guilty. But... It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Like God died on that cross for freedom for you. So I know it's easier said than done, but don't get caught up in shame. Don't get caught up in guilt. Like we sang it again this morning. We sang so many stuff this morning. What's the line that God's, he's the one who holds my shame or carries my shame. I got the lyric wrong, but anyway. And actually, if we conf confess our sins, it says in scripture that he is faithful and will forgive our sin. So just don't hide behind and go, oh, well, I can't kind of give, you, give all to you, God, because, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect. And God doesn't expect us to be perfect because everyone's fallen short, Scripture says. But isn't it just awesome that Jesus died and then we can be made perfect and we're perfect in his eyes? Or it can actually be, um, like, that bit that you're not given. And it's not easy sometimes to actually give it. And that's, that was my, sec my first point, actually. My second point. My first point was trust. My second point is just all about are you hiding? Are you just fully submitted to God? Because if you move and go, God, I'm just leaving this with you. I don't really know what's going on yet. I don't get this. Why would this happen? But God, I'll just fully surrender to you. I know God, you started a good work in me and I know you're going to finish it. And I think just getting in that position where God can actually move in your life. So my next point is, do you want to change? And I'm going to look at verse 6 then, where Jesus actually asks the invalid. He says, and you know we're all invalids in some way. Not in a harsh way, but we all have, like, things. We're all going through circumstances, situations. We all have stuff we struggle with. We're not perfect, like I said. So 
um, not in a harsh way, like in a good way, because we've got Jesus. Um, but anyway, then Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. And he asked him, do you want to get well? And I think if I put myself in Jesus' position, which I'm not Jesus, but if I did, and I was about to go and heal someone, I don't think I'd go up to them and say, do you want to get well? I'd go, do you want that to be healed? Do you, want, do you want me to heal that? But I think what, why he uses the choice of words is that he's not actually saying, do you want to, your circumstance to change? Do you want your circumstance to get well? But he's actually going, do you yourself want to get well? Do you actually yourself want to change? And I think when we actually get in that mindset where we actually go, God, I'll change the same thing again, just like stepping out, fully surrendered. I'm willing, just you do a work in me. Not like, God, I pray for that cir- circumstance. Lord, I pray that you, I don't know, that you help my family, you help my marriage, or you help this thing that I'm going through. That's awesome, and we'd love to pray about stuff like that as a church. But actually, at the same time, like, I go, God, help me, I'm selfish. Make me less of me and give me more of you. And just stepping out and just as easy as that. It sounds easier. Than, it's easier said than done, but... I think just if you move into that position and go, God, you just do a work in me, then God's going to move in your life. My next point is he's in the waiting. So verse 5 is the shortest verse out of these bunch of verses, but it's just as simple as going, if we get verse 5 up, it says, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. So you may be going through something. It may have been 38 years. It may be more than that. It may have been less. It may have been hours. It may have been... Days may, may have been weeks, but however long, I just want to remind you that he's in the waiting. That whole time he was waiting, God was in the waiting. I think 38 years seems like a very long time. I think if I was uh, struggling with something for 38 years, I probably would have given up. Like 38 years, think now. It's probably about the same time Mark Watkins has been on the earth. It's a compliment, Mark. It's a compliment. It is. It's a compliment. <laughs> it's a lot longer. 20 more years than I've been on the earth. That's nearly twice as much as time I've that's, that's crazy. That's a long wait. But I want to talk about waiting as well and highlight waiting because you can have waiters. You can have bad waiters, not the ones that serve you food now. I'm talking about the act of waiting. You can have someone who's not a good waiter or a good waiter. And when I mean by this, you can be a passive waiter. We've, we've had this idea of passive. Like Dan brought his message back and that's awesome, this idea of passive. I think that was so awesome. And then we can actually have someone who's an expectant waiter. If you're a passive waiter, you just hope and you're like, ah, I hope this situation gets better, but you're actually just sitting around doing nothing. Or you can be an expectant waiter, and we need some expectant waiters in this church, don't we? We need to get excited like your breakthrough is about to happen. Yeah. I love Matthew 7. I tell you what, I'm going to jump up onto my Bible. Matthew 7, let's see how fast I can get to this now. Come on. Act, John, Luke, Mark, Matthew. There we are. Um, chapter 7 so the ask seek and knock this classic Sunday school scripture (laughs) brings me back to when I was a child but it says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you and I love that bit knock and the door will be opened to you and that's what I just want to look at if you're an expectant waiter are you knocking and the door will be opened to you because if you're knocking if I go to someone's house say Dan's invited me over to eat some food or something Whatever it is. Dan's invited me over. If I go to his house and knock on my door, am I knocking and going, well, he may open, he may not. Who really knows? Well, actually, he, he, he may not open because it's Dan. But anyway, <laughs> but you're knocking and you're there going, any second that door's going to swing open. And I think if you're an expecting waiter, you need to be there 
knocking and going, yep, this is about to happen. I know that door's about to swing open. And I know that breakthrough's there. And that's how we need to be in the waiting. Because you know there's purpose in your waiting as well. I googled the definition of waiting. And it said, remain in readiness for a purpose. And just as I come to this last bit as well, with the band mind jumping up. So just remain in readiness for a purpose. As you know, there's purpose in the remain. There's purpose in your waiting. For example, if I go to McDonald's and queue in the queue, I'm not going to get to the front and go, well, I've queued, I've waited for that long, now I'm actually not going to get anything. Now I'm going there and I'm going to wait for my big tasty, or I'm going to wait for my double cheeseburger. What have we got? What have we got? Any more? Any more? Come on. Big Macs, Big Macs, or I'm going to wait for my grilled chicken salad. Classic grilled chicken salad. But there is, there's purpose in the wait. There's a reason why you're in this wait. It could be God can help you grow in your wait, or it can be as simple as just you trusting him in the wait. Like my first point, going back to trust. If you just, if you just get stuff instantly, you'll actually realize that, is there a point in me trusting God? because it's just happening all the time anyway. So you're not actually getting the opportunity. And I think sometimes we get caught up like, God, why are you doing this to me? But it's not, it's not God doing it to you. It's just, but then he can allow it to kind of, I think sometimes, I could be wrong, but I think he can allow it and go, no, you just put your trust in me, I've got this. If you just wait in the wait, and realize that there's purpose in your wait, and that he's got this, there's just, purpose in the way and I think sometimes he'll help you grow in your way sometimes the waiting can actually be a preparation for your answer awesome the kids are coming back in and sometimes just there's he can actually prepare you for the answer because I think sometimes in circumstances we're actually not ready for the outcome and I think I love this thing how we kind of we want to know God's plan but at the same time I think if I actually knew where I'd be when I'm 40 years old I think it'd probably scare me I think it'd probably scare me more than make me ready. And I think that whole idea, and I love, going back to my exams, I remember that week where I just was really struggling with it all and was like, God, I just don't get this. Why on earth are you doing it? And I put this song on, which is called God, I Look to You by Bethel. And there's a line in it that says, give me vision to see things like you do. And I think it doesn't mean like, give me vision, let me see everything, but it actually goes, no, Lord, you see everything and you see how we'll finish, and at the end you say, I'll finish a good work in you. And I think just that line just, just actually highlights that he's going to finish a good work in you. And if you just put your trust in him, that he's, he wants that breakthrough, breakthrough for you. So just as we come to a close now, I just want to tell you there is purpose in your way. And as we sing this song, just sing this song expectantly. The song is called take courage and there's a line in which says you're in the you're in the waiting and just sing that sing that like that that breakthrough is about to happen sing it like that door's about to swing open just sing it just with sing it with faith church sing it just trust and just fully surrender to god and i know sometimes it's easier said than done it all is always easier said than done but he's in your waiting church so let's just sing this church let's sing this slow down Take time, breathe in, accept, he'll reveal what's to come. The thought in his mind, always higher than mine, he'll reveal all to come. So take courage, my heart, take steadfast, my soul. He's in the way, he's in the way.
never failing He's never failing Sing praise my soul Find strength This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.